All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Woodwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Man with freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to the Spoken Spoken. This is the Spoken Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KC Beard Co. Studios with my guys, Eddie Ortiz, yo, yo, yo. Trevor Twidwell. What's going on, everybody? And we have ourselves a, a great privilege tonight. Uh, we have our, our guy, our, our special guest. I'm really excited to get him on this show. Uh, 810's very own, The Ship, the, the host of The Ship, Darren Smith. Darren, how are we doing tonight, man? Let's get I a hand. I am doing well. Thank you all for having me. Oh, man. It's a pleasure. And, uh, uh, we got a chance to finally meet up at yep. the training camp and. You invited me on. I told you, hey, just give me a time date and let's make it happen. Well, we appreciate it because I called you out and I was like, all right, man, I'm going I'm to call your bluff. And you you showed up. So I appreciate <laughs> I, it. I mean, what nothing to call out. Man. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you know, I just said, as long as, long as I'm in town and I'm available, yeah. I'm there. I was like, oh, so, yeah. fuck, now I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I know you're you're a very busy man, man. So we, we appreciate just get out ahead of it. I'm really glad you decided no to come out tonight, man. It means a lot to us. That means a lot to our listeners as well. And I'm not going to waste any time. I, we got a lot to talk about tonight, so I really want to get right into it. Let's do it. Before I say it, though, I want to thank our listeners again, all the all the people that have been with us since the beginning, middle, and, and maybe you're new to the show. Thank you guys so much for coming up, uh, being a part of this. It's been a long time coming, and we're really glad to get this thing off the off the ground. Let's get to um, – Darren, I want to get your thoughts on the preseason. Oh. And and I know that's that's a tough one to swallow at the very beginning of the, of the segment Ooh. of the show, but – I think it's I think it's becoming more and more clear just how irrelevant four games of the preseason is. I think that we can debate on what the preseason's relevance is for a team going into a season. You can talk about, you know, you obviously have to see what guys are capable of, the guys that are non-stars, non-starters sometimes. But now we're seeing even game three, week three, where you're supposed to see a quote-unquote dress rehearsal, where you're starting to see guys that are going to be your starters playing late into the game, not even doing that anymore for reference, the Raiders and the Packers. Not only that, you have field issues. They're playing on an 80-yard field. It's become a complete mockery, to be honest with you, of what the preseason is supposed to become or supposed to supposed to represent for a team, for a franchise, for the NFL. And Darren, I really wanted to get your thoughts on this because I think it's like I said, I think it's becoming more and more evidence that a four-game schedule for the preseason is absolutely absurd at this point. And I think the teams are trying to show the NFL that that's the that's the. And you've heard Sean McVay and Doug Peterson and several other head coaches throughout the league talk about how they're they don't want to utilize the four-game schedule of the preseason. They would rather register their guys on the bench and then let them stay healthy. And then when Week One comes. That's when the ball game actually starts for these teams. What's your thoughts on this, Darren? Well, again, first of all, thank you for having me on the show. And I'm sitting there rubbing my knees because it's like, man, I got a lot to get off my chest. <laughs> That's why we're man. here, man. Um, let's let me go back just a little because you know there was a time when it was a six game preseason, uh, which is literally, if you think about four games being too long now, imagine when it was. Uh, six games for a preseason. That was like that for like eighteen years. He's gonna pick your roster. You got bodies <laughs> dropping yeah. like crazy. Um, See, it's twofold because I used to enjoy, and actually, I, I actually enjoyed preseason literally up until last Saturday when I was in Pittsburgh. Literally, I mean, I, I was cool with how preseason, you know, presented itself because, see, it's twofold. 
if you were to cut preseason down or you got kind of got rid of it, uh, see what people well, let me let me go back. If you if you're not careful and what people fail to realize because it ends up being late in the year and then you got the next year, you kind of forget about it. But what happens is when you're not having these star players playing in the in the during the preseason, where preseason used to be starters, the starters play one or two series, perhaps the first quarter in the first game. Second game, eh, you might stretch it out to the second quarter, maybe halftime. Third game, like you said, the dress rehearsal, you're playing in the halftime and coming out of the third quarter, and then that fourth game. You're generally playing three quarters, and then you're letting people who are trying to make the team play the last part of the third quarter, or you know, or the or the fourth quarter. But of course, during that time period, you were making cuts along the way. So that's how. Uh, but once the collective bargaining agreement changed, and they just had that one final cut. See, that's right. that, that's where a lot of the changes going through because you can you can keep all those players until the very end, and then make that big massive cut so you can protect. You can protect your star players like that. Before, again, as I was breaking it down, you were making cuts after every preseason game when you were dwindling down. So your starters had to play more reps. They had to play because you had less buys to do that. Now, what's happening is that now the teams are using the first four weeks of the season as their quote-unquote preseason. That's why if you notice those, those first four weeks of the season, it's always the play is not, is not up to what you see the rest of the year because – you know, the running backs, the quarterbacks, because they haven't played in preseason, they, the, the gameplay looks uh, looks sloppy, more or less. And so what I'm fearing, and I've mentioned this, I mean, I mentioned this uh, uh, at the press, one of the press conferences this week. Uh, I think I was asking uh, Spagnolo. I said, you know, because it's like Tyron Matthew has only played four, four, four plays in the preseason. Frank Clark just – uh, came and just played in the second game and said, and so there's no there's no guarantee that Tyron Matthew is going to play in Saturday night's game. And so it's like you want your defense out there, you know, you want your your you know your starting defense out there, but they're not going to be out there, you know, as a complete set. And so when we get into Jacksonville, it's gonna the defense is going to look sloppy because Matthews hasn't been out there. Frank Clark is just not getting out there, and if they're not playing a number of reps. Uh, in the preseason game to to, to gel together, yeah. then you know week one is going to come back and people going to be like, man, the defense is unchanged about this defense. And what's, but what's going to happen? Is people going to forget? Hell, they didn't play during you know do, during the preseason. And so, um, I, for me, when I was in Pittsburgh last week and I saw because Andy said he was going to have the starters play the first half and he kept them in the first half of the first quarter, which really you know, pissed me off. It was a long draft for that. <laughs> right. uh, but, but, but that being said, yeah, with the delay, that being said, just, right. just the play, the play of the offense, and he was like, man, this is bad. bad. I mean, it, it was, it was truly bad. So it was like, man, I don't even know how to look at it like that. So now, what I talked about on, on my show earlier today is that I can see a scenario where they're not going to get rid of 20 games. It's going to be 20 games next year. But I can see it going down to two preseason games into the 18-season game, 18-regular-season uh, game. But what's going to happen is the league is going to want to push these dates, the start dates, and have the Super Bowl in in the middle of February because what they're looking for from, from what I've gathered, what they're looking for is to have the Super Bowl Sunday 
the day before President's Day because it's a national holiday. So mm. you don't really have to worry about people staying out late and trying to get up early the next day for, for work. Where you got the national holiday, it's a holiday you can travel, sure. you can rest in, party, do whatever. And so that's what that's what they've been trying to figure out a way to do to stretch it out. But if they're able to do a, a 18 regular season game, now you can push. You can you can push the start of the season later. Uh, you know, in September, but then you end you end the season at Super Bowl uh, President's it's, Day weekend. It's interesting you say that because I think that the the overwhelming majority of of football players in the NFL are against the idea of an eighteen game schedule. At least no, from no, what we've I heard, NFL. no, I didn't trust me. the owners. They want it because no, no, I'm saying the players, the, the players. Oh, yeah, yeah, the NFL players don't want the eighteen game schedule as far as regular season. So I've heard a couple other people suggest the idea of one actual bye week for a, the the top seed of ever of both conferences in the playoffs and then they have an extra game in the playoffs where the 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 owners can still make their money losing the preseason games the two preseason seed. yeah you'd have you'd actually have an extra seed yeah but that, that but and you have one bye week but that wouldn't benefit all the players it was, now again I can't just because of the revenue what sure. they get. I can't see the owners. The owners are not going to give up any games. I don't think so whatsoever. Right now, what I see happening is again um, for the players. The players, yeah, they can say that they don't want to do eighteen games, which I can understand why. But there has to be concessions on the part of the league. Now we, you know, we talked about it on my show one. Well, I would say guaranteed contracts, but that's a whole other discussion because I have my feelings about that where someone like Antonio Brown messes up for everybody else. But, again, that's another <laughs> right. We can talk about that too. <laughs> um, but, you know, you got you know, the players are going to want to smoke weed. They're going to be like, hey, mm-hmm. you, you got to give – you know, they'll want to do that. They'll want to probably give us some practices. They'll want to get rid of the franchise tag. They want to get you the fifth-year option. You know, now I can understand if they want guaranteed contracts, they want it more so the first three years, lifetime benefits, things like that, where you may be able to do a fourth year option instead of a fifth year option. So, you know, if, if the players can get some concessions like that uh, with the owners, then trust me, they would do. Yeah, because I think especially at the running back position and not to delve too far into it, but yeah. if we really think about it, the, the, the running back position has been less and less when it comes to value, overall value in the league. And I get that. But we can't sit here and ignore that some of the best players in the NFL are running backs, like Ezekiel Elliott, like uh, Todd Gurley when healthy, like Melvin Gordon. These guys are one of the top-tier players in the league, talent-wise and performance. So we can't just ignore and push them aside and act like these guys aren't worth money, mm-hmm. especially for Z- Ezekiel Elliott, who, let's be honest, he is the motor that, that, that starts that, that Cowboys offense and, quite frankly, probably the team. But... I think that they do. The new CBA needs to needs to hit that hard, where they figure out a way for running backs to be able to make their money a little bit earlier in their careers, to where these teams don't have fifth year options. They could franchise tag them twice, then they're 27, 28 years old before they even have an opportunity to make the money. And then we're sitting here saying there's nobody that's going to give them money at 28 years old. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. By the time that collective bargaining agreement comes around, I don't think that there's going to be a franchise tag or fifth right. year option. So I, I, I know you're saying that they, that's what they should be doing, but I don't see that happen because sure. that's something that they're going to be trying to probably more likely negotiate. And also, also they'll probably want uh, the commission to not have the power that he has to spend. They probably want an independent arbitrator that will be able to, uh, you know, outside of, as they talked about, you know, gambling, something like that, and trigger the game, that they would want somebody else, a third party, uh, to now. Granted, whether or not Roger Goodell want to give that up, right. who knows. But he's all, but he's also been in a position where he's been made to look bad as well. So the owners may like, you know, look, let's just get you, you know, to the owners, 
all they want they want their TV money. Yeah. A couple years ago, they got they, they got they got a check from the from the from the from Goodell from the networks for two hundred twenty three million dollars. This year, they got two hundred seventy seven million dollars. So trust and believe. Look, Goodell gets him that money. That's why he's got that big ass contract. Mm-hmm. Got the got the private jet. He has he and his family have lifetime insurance, a lifetime benefit. So it's like it's good enough Perks. for them. Yeah, Perks. it's a perfect yeah. job because <laughs> yeah. he's he continuing making them money hand over fist. Oh, absolutely. So, so kind of going back, as relates to the running back, you know, <laughs> you have to have a, you have to be a special talent. Gordon Ezekiel, of course, he was the fourth uh, fourth one in the girl. I forgot where he came out in the draft. He may have been top five. I yeah. can't remember exactly where he was. But you also know you can get. I mean, you find a Kareem Hunt. What was the third round or fifth round or something? So you got it up in the third round. Yeah, yeah. So you got a Kareem. I mean, so you can get hell, Dar- Darwin Thompson. You know, I mean. You can find good running backs, and what it is is, man, the problem is the scouts have been better. If you're the Dallas Cowboys, the Kansas City Chiefs, you've been you've been able to draft well, and that's what gets you in trouble. That's unfortunately what was going on with with, with the Cowboys, where you know you got you drafted a fourth round quarterback when Romo got hurt. He came in and he he bought out. Now it's time to pay him because he's only making. Two million dollars this year, but you got to pay them. Right now, you should have paid them early when you could have got them for 25, 28 million. But because you didn't, now you know oh, the yeah. market resets. So now he's right. going to get thirty three, thirty four oh, million. I don't, I don't think he's worth that, that much. Oh, yeah, I don't think he's worth that oh, much. Not. But the market is what the market is, and so as it relates to Zeke, he's a quarterback Zeke would have probably been better if he'd have done this next year. You know, but because you got two years left, see at the, at the end of the day, the the ball is always going to be in the court of the owner in the league. And so, you know, if you push Jerry far enough, look, you better hope that this, that the backup doesn't right. ball out these first two weeks or, you know, and Jerry decides. Yeah, her good man, about Pollard. Yeah. So, so, if, so if Pollard is balling out, mm-hmm. man, that, that weakens your hand. And you have to come back right. by week 10. You know, if you don't have leverage. Yeah. So if you don't come back by week 10, you, I mean, you're not going to get paid. And then you're going to lose a year. Of uh, free agent, uh, free agent eligibility. So, right. you know the ball's not in this court. And plus, Jerry wants to be a hardball. If you don't play this year and you come back next year, you're still going to get paid three million dollars. So that just moves up. That just moves up to the yeah. next year, and then you got that that nine million dollars on that fifth year, and then he can still franchise tag you two years. So you're stuck there for a minimum of seven eight years if you don't come in. Exactly. That's where these running backs are trapped right now. And that's, and, and see, I try well, to not just running backs, but just play the general sure, who, who sure. I, I'm, that direction. I'm looking at it from the running back perspective, just because yeah. of how these guys are primes are, their primes yeah. are so short. You know what I mean? These yeah. guys are not going to most, most, unless you're yeah. Adrian Peterson, a freak of nature, you're not going to have a prolonged career anymore. And that's just not how it goes. So that's, and you you nailed it on the head when you said about guys that get drafted later in the, in the draft that end up being able to, you know, I wouldn't say be the equal of an Ezekiel Elliott or a guy like that, but they can do enough. Look at C.J. Anderson. No one, he was he was on the, he was out there just just walking the streets, and the Rams went and picked him up, and he was playing girly level. He was playing enough, you know, helped him get to a Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, and and, and Kareem Hunt had Kareem Hunt had not had the video. He would be in the situation absolutely I guess, next year. Right. Absolutely, you know, where, where he he would get a big. Contract. We would be having that conversation in Kansas City right now, just the same one that we're having Ezekiel. We don't. Even, I mean, Kareem Hunt might not even be in training camp right now, or in training nah, he, camp. He'd be in training. Camp. I, what I'm saying yeah. is, if if he was, if that video never would have came out, right. and we're sitting here having, he had another All Pro year, which he was on pace for last year, on pace for over 20 touchdowns. Well, well, they, oh, well, okay. So this would be technically year three. So he wouldn't. He wouldn't. He he wouldn't. Yeah, so he would he would not have 
Well, because because he was a late round draft pick, he he would. Yeah, I guess he could, but he wouldn't he, because he wouldn't be making the money. Zeke could. Well, see, and, and the thing is, because of some of the off field transgressions sure. that that didn't come out, you know, until now, God, you know, he would, you know, <laughs> he would be playing by. I mean, he'd be playing ball because one. With, the, with Kansas City right now, like Chris Jones, you don't want to be a distraction, especially when right. you were four yards away from being sure. in the Super Bowl and you know you have a great chance. You know, Look, that, that's what your agents are for. The problem is, to me, as it relates to Ezekiel Elliott, he's just getting bad. He's getting bad guidance by his agent. And because at the end of the day, if I'm Jerry Jones, and Jerry Jones has a – look, he's got a valid point when he says, right. look, I've earned the right to joke about Ziegler if I choose to. Absolutely. One. Who was the only one that stood up for him well, when yeah, the NFL was coming against exactly. him? Exactly. And, like, I paid your legal fees. <laughs> I paid lawyers for you. said, right. bro, like, you could have easily – and I took people all the time. He got suspended those six games, not for what happened with the domestic. He got suspended for being stupid, putting yep. that girl's top down. Yep. That, yep. You know, that's just a cover. But, again, you know, Jerry Jones is fighting Goodell over you. and Trying to get Goodell fired. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but this is how you repay me? Trust me, if, if I'm Jerry Jones, I'm feeling a certain kind of way, too. Well, I'm glad you brought up Kareem Hunt, a former Chiefs player, because I actually want to bring up another former Chiefs player. We talked about this on the show uh, a couple weeks ago, actually. Uh, I was addressing the cornerback situation the Chiefs are having right now, which is, let's be honest, uh, a, a pretty Spooky. pretty scary situation yeah. we got mm-hmm. going at corner right now. I mean, oh. you, you could make the case this might be the worst yeah. unit in football right now. <laughs> um, and that's uh, valid. Okay, but, I, I, I get it, but I mean, obviously the, the talent pool is not exactly deep right now at the cornerback oh, position. And, 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 and obviously we know, uh, Darren, you actually had a pretty uh, close relationship. I don't, I don't want to say that too tightly, but you had a pretty decent relationship with Marcus Peters when he was here in Kansas City. You, 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 were, you, know, you had a comfortable relationship where he could talk to you about things. And I've been uh, Trevor is. I don't want to speak for him, but we've been proponents. We've been uh, big time defenders of Marcus Peters throughout the years, uh, for various reasons or various you know things that people try to use against him to blame him and justify why they traded him for literally nothing. It seemed. Um, I feel, and I and I talked about this on the show a couple weeks ago. I feel that the Chiefs' cornerback position, the issues they're having are in a lot of ways self-inflicted. I'm not saying that Marcus Peters on this team right now fixes everything because he wouldn't. They would obviously need to still go and get more depth. Yeah. My point is you're always better when you have a guy that is as talented and as consistently productive as he has been in his career, barring last season, which we can talk about that another time, but he was an absolute ball hawk when he was in Kansas City. It makes it easier to have that type of guy on your defense, and obviously there's nothing we can do about it now. My point is, Darren, how do you feel about it? Do you do you feel like this has been very self-inflicted by the Chiefs? Do you feel like they, they made the wrong decision moving on from a guy like him and his rookie deal? Do you, how do you see the defense being right now if, let's say, Marcus Peters was still in Kansas City? First of all, yes. I do think they, uh, I think they never should have got rid of him. I understand why they did. I mean, there was some stuff dealing with the coaches and stuff that – Coaches that are no longer here, by the way. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was an altercation, but I, but I think it's more with the defensive coach than, than with Dave Tolk. But, yes. you know, but the thing is, I, you know, I mean, I, I don't care. Um, you know, he was a two-time All-Pro within his first three seasons. Like, Playmaker. dude was balling out and, you know, Pro Bowl player. But you know they get they get pressured and it's you know more so his stance on you know the kneeling the national anthem sure. and and advertisers uh, going after you know going after the Chiefs and like you know yeah I don't get rid of this cat we're going to pull X amount of dollars I mean there there there's a whole bunch of stuff behind the scenes you, you know political stuff. 
I mean, he was he was making a business decision, but right, I'm thinking, right. you know, look, put like this: if it if it came like like Deion Sanders, if it came between, you know, you scoring a touchdown, some Marcus can make the tackle just like Deion could. Um, you know, I do think that that was the ball that you know that got the you know got the ball rolling down on where the defense is defensively, especially when it comes to cornerback, because we haven't had, I mean, we haven't had good cornerback, but but then again, you know. Alex Smith was the quarterback too. So, sure. You know, I mean, there was, there was, you know, look, if you had Patrick Mahomes as the starting quarterback before he left and we put up points, right. the defense at that time with Marcus and them, I, I think it would be much, it would be much different. Um, you know, winning, winning does help, but the, but the manner in which, in which we were winning and losing games uh, didn't bode well uh, for, for Marcus being here. But, you know, when I talked to him at the Super Bowl, you know, he, he understood he understood why the team had to move on. And, you know, he had opportunity being, you know, at the end of the day, you got a chance to play in the Super Bowl. And, right. you know, where, you know, you, you could easily be like, Odell wanted to go out there, but they wouldn't trade him and they traded him to Cleveland. They could have sent him somewhere else, but they sent him to Los Angeles. I mean, and that's, you know, not far from, from Oakland where, 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 where he's from. And I mean, it's LA, man. Sure. I mean, so, yeah. you know, and, and, right. And he's and you know they picked up his fifth year option and so he he still has something to prove by being out there. So you know what we saw here in Kansas City and what he's what he's been exposed to out there, he still has something you know something to prove. No, yeah, that's that's and that's why I wanted to get your thoughts on all this because I feel like it's it's been a very one sided conversation when it comes to him and I don't think enough Chiefs fans really remember how good he was here in Kansas City and oh, how yeah. much better things would be right now because that's been the topic of discussion the entire offseason is what are they going to do at cornerback? Are they going to go and try to trade for a big star like a Patrick Peterson or a guy that's you know on the downhill, Xavier Rhodes? And I'm sitting here going, you know, you really wouldn't have to do that if you didn't make moves like they did, like I said. <laughs> that you know? is true. Yeah, we, we thought we that won with the Kendall, the Kendall Fuller trade, too. I thought, you know, they probably cleaned house when they got Alex Smith out of there and then they got Kendall Fuller. I mean, that could still – pan out i think in the four is a solid player but obviously he's, he's stuck in the slot so finding that guy that can shut one side of the field down is still uh on the milk carton uh, so. i'm gonna be honest I, I i think with all the moves that we made shockingly we didn't go after peterson mm-hmm. we get peterson yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, i mean yeah we're in the super bowl <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah we're yeah. in the super bowl he's I mean, back with seven i believe as bad as the defense was the safety you know, is gonna be the biggest difference this year yeah and and, and as bad as it was by him being on that team, you shut one half of the, you know, you yeah. shut one side down where you can focus and do stuff on the other side. Yeah. Darren, I'm not giving up on it. I, I still think that the Chiefs are going to try to make a big move this year before the trade deadline. Like I said, I think I, it hinges on the success of, this, I, of the Cardinals season. Yeah, I, I think I really, I, I know the Cardinals are stubborn as hell. I know the Cardinals are stubborn as hell. Yeah, but Peterson was stubborn too because he was because he kept saying that he didn't want to leave either. Like, bro. Mm-hmm. But after, after the fact, though, I mean, after he already had came out and said or made it obvious when he changed all his Instagram stuff and Twitter stuff, he took all the AZ Cardinals stuff off. Well, then that is something for a guy that loyal. Uh, Tyron Matthew, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, what that? That's what I'm saying. I'm not giving up on it. I think Brett Veach is the the perfect GM for making a move like that where he's going to be ultra-aggressive. That's something we've never had here in Kansas City, and that's what I'm loving, what I'm seeing. Even if Veach makes mistakes, because let's be honest, at, at this current stature, I don't know what Breland Speaks is ever going to be. And, and from the sounds of it, it doesn't look like we're going to have him this year. It looks yeah. like he has a pretty significant a, uh, in, knee injury. Yeah, they have they, they have yet to uh, release what, right. what it is. Right, but I think we I think we kind of know what it's going to be. It's going to be uh, something ACL. pretty significant, well, yeah. But my point is, is that 
Brett Veach has taken risks. Breland Speaks was an absolute risk. At the same time, in Brett Veach's defense, he's never had a first round pick, and he's had to, you know, he's had to make some pretty significant moves, and he's traded for guys like Frank Clark, right. which you could equate to a first round pick. Mm-hmm. So there's so Brett Veach, I think he's going to make the right moves. I think this year he realizes that 2019 is probably we can't predict the future. What we know now is this team is one of the most complete teams in the NFL. They have the best quarterback in the NFL on a complete discount. Let's be honest, the greatest contract in NFL history. And, well, and just like Jared Goff was last year. I mean, that, yeah. that, that's the new thing. Load up on defense. Load up on these offensive stars while these while the running back, quarterback are on these rookie deals. And then, you know, obviously they're not going to be here by the time yeah. he gets ready to The Seahawks did that with uh, Russell Wilson back yep. in 2013. I mean, they just they yep. stockpiled. Oh, when you got, five, what, five Hall of Famers on that defensive side, man. I mean, it was, yeah. just un- it was insane. So right. that's what the Chiefs are trying to do. I love what I'm seeing from Brett Beach. I'm loving – and I, like I said, I'm not giving up on it. I – would not be shocked if we found out in week six or seven the Chiefs finalized a deal where they trade for Patrick Peterson or you get Xavier Rhodes or Josh Norman, somebody like that. I do see that happening. I don't see the Chiefs sitting pat. Now, maybe things change. Maybe one of these young guys that are on the roster as it stands starts to shine a little bit. Then we could talk about that. But are we really betting on that? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I, I if us if us normal people are sitting here with Darren Smith and 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 we can say that, I'm pretty sure Brett Veach Don't understands play, fully. Yeah, well, <laughs> I like him, but come on, man, let's be real. He's a willing body, man. Go out there and I think he, he is a willing body, well. and right. he is he is a quote unquote NFL starting cornerback. So we'll we'll see how that how that uh, I mean after game yeah. five, I guess we'll see how that uh, pans out for the team. Well, we're gonna take a short break, guys, and when we get back, I got a couple topics I want to get Darren's uh, thoughts on. Uh, first of all, I want to get his thoughts on the overall expectations that he has for the Chiefs this year. Uh-oh. Um, who who of the young studs that we've seen in preseason so far does he think he's that is going to have the biggest impact on this season? And why is everybody sleeping on Sammy Watkins? We'll get back to that after this. Casey Hard Goods is the brainchild of local Kansas City degenerate Scott Reinerson. Born from a passion of old materials and custom designs, specializing in reclaimed wood, burned art and signs, and upcycled leather wallets and accessories. Follow Casey Hard Goods on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Casey Hemp Company your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide, ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hempco. Back at it on the Spoken Podcast, segment number two. This is your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the Casey Beard Co. Studios with my guys, Eddie Ortiz, Trevor Twidwell, and our guest, 810's very own from the ship, Darren Smith. Holla. (laughs) uh, Again, we're very glad to have him out here. This is his first time actually here. Really excited to have him on. Hopefully, he'll uh, want to come and hang out with us next time. We actually might talk a little NBA because uh, I think Darren and I can have ourselves a little conversation or two because uh, we've had we've had a few on Facebook, but you know, Michael Jordan. We'll, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep it we'll keep it here. We'll, <laughs> that's, just, that's just a little teaser. That's just a little teaser. Oh, this is gonna be great. <laughs> that, that one might we might have to put a little explicit explicit on that one because there might be some f bombs. <laughs> but uh, let's get back to some Chiefs talk. Actually, um. Darren, I want to get just an overview because we're at a point of the season. I, I have a rule of my own, and I've had it for many years. I do not make my official predictions, not that I matter or anything, but just for my own self. Jesus, I, for my own self, my own sanity, I, I do not make less. predictions, the entire NFL predictions, until preseason is completely over because you know how it goes. There's always that one guy that tears his ACL in the in, the, in week three of the preseason. You have your Jordy Nelsons or you have your Marshawn Lynch's, your Ed, Julian Edelman's. You know, yeah, you, you have your Breland Speaks's now. You know, the guys, Marcus Kemp, you know, these guys that can play roles on your team. Hold on, hold on. 
now. I'm sorry, I gotta interrupt you. Do it, do it. Now, Marcus Kemp is not gonna be not gonna be the reason why the Chiefs won. No, the absolutely not. I should probably when you, when you start going out, it's like, oh, wait a second now. Yeah, I should have dropped it. See what I did. See what I did is I started. See, I didn't climb the mountain. See, I didn't climb the mountain. I started at the top and then I fell all the way down. I hit the I hit the valley. I hit the valley. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but <laughs> You're I, had, good. I had to get that out of me. No, see, what I try to do is I try to show, like, the big-time names, and I try to bring it home to the local, you know, our local listening audience. So I apologize for that one. But, uh, but no, no, I, what I'm saying is is that that's why I don't I don't make my predictions till the okay. end of it. And But I, I still feel like I would like to get your thoughts as to what you're expecting this year as far as where you see the Chiefs ending up this season. Where do you see Patrick Mahomes statistically? These guys, I, w- I want to get your thoughts on this, man. What is your overview of the 2019 Kansas City Chiefs? Now, see, now, here's the thing. I like I say, he don't make predictions, but he shows up on me. <laughs> hey, that's my rule. That's my rule. I didn't say that. But you know what? See, I respect that because it's his show, so I'm going to do show, his rule. See, see, see that, that? So I like that. So... Okay, so where I'm at right now, and this is the only camera. I have the Chiefs uh, going to Super Bowl. I don't really want to say who's going to win. I guess, you know, I'll do that prediction on my show. There you on, go. On, uh, <laughs> on so this is unofficial. This is unofficial. Yeah. No one listens to us anyway. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're good. So, Our parents listen to us. That's about it. <laughs> so, so what I got, I, I have the Chiefs going to Super Bowl, but the caveat is, to me, somebody else has to knock off New England because it just seems like the Chiefs just can't do it. Uh, now, I would like to see them knock off New England. Yeah, sure, make it, sure, but, sure. But they they spent a lot of energy last year trying to get home for the advantage because they didn't want to go to New England because, you know, if you go to New England, you're pretty much going to lose because they never lose at home with a trip to Super Bowl on the line. So they did all that to get home for the advantage. They got it. They had inclement weather. They had freezing temperatures. And we had snow and stuff, and Tom Brady and them still came in and beat us like, what the hell? Yeah. So so we had everything in our favor, but we still couldn't get it done. So that being the case, and, then, you know, we did have somebody line up five yards in the backfield. You know. But I don't think, well, that's not going to happen again two years in a row. <laughs> let's hope not. Yeah, let's hope. But, you know, but outside of that, you know, I, even if the teams do face each other, uh, whether it's here or on the road, I think that the Chiefs, can overcome uh, their fear. They can't overcome that bad luck against the, the Patriots and get to Super Bowl. I think Mahomes is the kid that wants it. He's yeah. the kind of person that would want it. And, and, and the thing is, you know, he, he talked he talked to Patrick. I mean, he talked to Brady after the game, and, you know, Brady, right. you know, gave him some advice, stuff like that. The thing is, what is it that motivates you? You know, in the press conference after the game, I brought up the thing, pulled the audio video, whatever. I, I I said, Patrick, I said, the 2014 Royals, they were 90 feet away from winning the World Series. I said, but they didn't make it. They used that. They used that as a motivating factor that 2015 year to get that done. To you know, So, and he conceded that, you know what, that's a, that's a good analogy to where that's what they need to do come, you know, come, uh, uh, come this year. And so, you know, we've kind of asked during training camp about, you know, February, you know, uh, January when when the playoffs, you know, when they lost to when they lost to the Patriots, um, you know, they try not to think about it, but it's in the back of their mind. But that's what they're using as a motivating sure. uh, motivating tool this time around because it's one thing to lose to New England at New England at Gillette, at Gillette Stadium 
in the AFC Championship game. It's another when you're at home and you got the owner whose father's name is on that trophy. You got it right there in your hands, and it's snatched away from right. you in a trip to Super Bowl. Right. So that does something to your psyche to where, you know what, we got to get it done. And talking to Patrick, whether it's the Bob Shop or whatever, it is Super Bowl or bust. That is, that's, his, that's his mentality. And the thing is, the players, they go, you know, he's your best player. So they – they follow where, where you want them to go. And that's what that's what I see. Um I, I it's funny because you a down year for Patrick could be 48 touchdowns. Right. So so I you know, so well, it, it essentially would put, be. Yeah, so I gotta put it in perspective on, on on what what I'm looking for. I can see him still doing five thousand yards just because he has the receivers. Right. But if it's if it's 40 touchdowns, is that still a bad is that still a bad that's not that's that's not a bad thing. Totally because does. the yeah. thing is if your defense is better, he shouldn't have to score as many touchdowns. True. Now, the only way he scores that many now, but your defense can be good because Brady, I think Brady did it um, the year he won the MVP. 2007. Yeah, 2007 when he had Randy Moss. So he did it, and their, but their defense was good too. Sure. So, so it can be done. Um, well, let's be honest. The Patriots of that year ran up the score in a lot of games, yeah. and it was and it was because they were showing their domination. And that's what I told these guys. I've said this that's many many episodes. I said, but that's what they have to do this year because exactly. Is, but see, the, the flip side. See, this is this is the scary part because I had this kind of. I, I asked Patrick in the press conference after we lost to New England uh, during the season. Right. You know, he had he he had Patrick. I'm sorry, he hit Tyreek Hill for that 75 yard touchdown. But you left two and a half minutes on the clock for Brady, and I asked him a question. I said, "What?" I said, "Did you learn?" Or I said, "Do you feel like you left too much time on the clock?" Because the thing is, now his answer, his response was, "Well, there's never, it's never a bad time to score a touchdown. The problem is, well, yeah, but you left two thirty exactly, on yeah. to <laughs> Tom Brady right. because what happened? What happened when they played us here? You know, I mean, Tom Brady still had time." Especially after we we thought we intercepted the ball, but didn't. But he still had time to march down the field because our defense can sure. So he, he, there was still time on the clock for him to march down the field. Now my problem with what the Chiefs did in the AFC Championship game was we would score three points in the first half. Pressure shouldn't have been on on on, uh, on Patrick to score twenty four points in three minutes or thirty four second half points. We shouldn't have, we shouldn't have been in a situation if we score points in the first half like we should. Well, perhaps we blow out New England at home, but we're not having this. We're just talking about, hey, are we, you know, you know, can the team go back to Super Bowl or can they repeat depending on, you know, what would happen in the Super Bowl? Right. So that being said, I have the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Uh, gosh, I gave up my predictions. So I got, <laughs> got, got the team winning the Super Bowl. Um, I have Patrick, man, I can't. Uh, do, you, do you have him winning the MVP? No. Okay. So I, I just, I just think it's. You know, Peyton Manning is, I think, one of the few uh, players that's actually won back-to-back. Now, he has a good chance of yeah, winning Yeah, him and it. Brett Favre think are the only ones yeah, that do so it. Yeah, so he, he has a good chance of doing it. But I just think that, you know, granted, he's, he's a story, the storyline. Unless not, unless the team is, is winning and they have the best record, yes, right. I, I see him winning it again. But if he doesn't, you know, or, you know, I mean, they could, it could be a Deshaun Watson. I think, I think we Baker, talked I think, I think we. Yeah, I'm not going that far. Well, another another hot another another trendy name is Carson Wentz if he comes back and because the last yeah, time he was healthy, he was, yeah. So that's yeah. so. I mean, granted, it's probably going to be a quarterback no matter what, right? And, you know, and I think we talked before we got on the air about Melvin Gordon. Melvin yeah. Gordon somehow got to Houston. 
I could see that. I mean, because you know, because that, because now you got a, now you got a, um, um, De- DeAndre Hopkins, you got Gordon, and you got uh, Deshaun Watson. I mean, that's a three-headed monster. You're full. I mean, so that's a three-headed monster, like we had with Tyreek uh, Hunt and yeah. and, and, uh, and Kelsey. Yeah. That'd be a scary so team. That, you know, so I could I could see that in. Uh, but I guess you put. I mean, I guess the easy choice is, is to say. Um, Mahomes could repeat, but I just—it's just so hard to do. Like sure, that. no, favorite. I get it. Yeah, should be the favorite. Favorite, yes. Now, if they have the best record, yes, I will concede yeah. that he, uh, sure. he'll be the MVP. Other than that, I mean, I, I couldn't take because you just don't know because players get hurt like Carson Wentz. I mean, he was the leading MVP voter until Week 15 when he got hurt. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, we have we have some young studs, on, or I would call them studs because they've impressed us so far in the preseason. Uh, we have uh, Juan Thornhill, we have uh, McCole Hardman, and we have Darwin Thompson. And I, I, I asked the question on our Twitter account a couple days ago. I asked, of the three names that I just gave you, who do you think is going to have the biggest impact on the team this season? Now, obviously, the, the easy answer is Juan Thornhill because he's going to be the one that more likely is going to start, a.k.a. get more snaps, more opportunity. And I can see that being the very a very Damn sincere possibility that he makes the biggest impact. But I started to think about it a lot more. And I was like, you know what? I like the guys that continue to defy the odds. Guys that you don't see coming, and all of a sudden, holy shit, this dude is a star on a star-studded team. And I'm talking about McCole Hardman and Darwin Thompson. McCole Hardman, to me, is going to be a guy that is going to make impacts impact not just in the standard offensive plays. I think he's going to be utilized in special teams. I think they're going to try to get him his talent out there on the field as much as possible because he's not going to get he's not going to get as much uh, looks in this offense when you have Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, and Damian Williams to feed. It's just not going to be possible. And then you have Darwin Thompson. Somehow, some way, continues to find a way to steal the show. So I don't think it's as easy just to just assume that Juan Thornhill is going to be the one that is going to be making the most impact because if we know anything about Andy Reid, we know anything about Dave Tobe, we know that these guys find ways to let their stars shine. And I think these two guys, I think Darwin Thompson, and I do believe that McCall Harbin have star capabilities. What's your thoughts on that? Do you, I mean, I want to hear from you and Trevor. What is your guys' thoughts on this? Do you, do you, who of those three do you think is going to make the automatic biggest impact this season? Well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a call you on it because do again, it, do it. You didn't, you didn't took two out of the three. <laughs> you said it can't be one daughter, but you said it's gonna be Harvin and then that. So you done took two. Sure, fair enough, so, fair enough, fair enough. But uh, I'm still gonna have to say Thorner because because he has a chance to make the better. Because think about it, our defense was ranked 31st. If he has a big role along with Matthew, you know, out there in the safety that can help improve the defense, hell, that's, I mean, that's a huge, that, that's saying a lot within itself. Right. The thing is, and I, I mentioned it to, I don't know, I, I don't know if I talked about it on the air or you know, at, at one of the press conferences, is the fact that with Hardman, there's not a lot to be expected of because with Tyreek coming back, Remember, he was drafted uh, in, in the off chance that Tyreek is suspended, so he needed another speed guy. So he was going to come in and be starting his place. Well, now that Tyreek is free and clear, you know, as of now, a lot is not to be expected. So the thing, and another thing is, you haven't really seen. Yeah, he's caught. Excuse me, he's caught a touchdown pass in the two preseason games, but you still haven't seen everything that he can do. Right. And so, so right now. Teams aren't going to be—they're not going to be planning for him like they would have had uh, had Tyreek been uh, been suspended. So because of that, yeah, he 
not to say he's going to get a lot of looks, but the impact he makes will be big because, you know, because, again, who are you going to double? You got Tyreek, you right. got Sammy, uh, you got Kelsey, you got probably one, you know, one of the running backs. And so somebody's going to be free and empty. So if you do it, uh, you know, if you run four wide receivers, including Kelsey, or you run trips with, I mean, he, he, he had the chance to do to and to be something special. However, as it relates to uh, uh, Darwin, again, uh, he's not going to get enough touches because, you know, he's not a Kareem Hunt. You know, Kareem Hunt, at least Kareem Hunt was that safety valve for, for Patrick where, yeah, you could, you could you know, I mean, he could be, he was every down back. So he protects you, you know, first, second yard, you know, hey, give it to him, boom, boom, and then play action and you got him. Or, you know, he can just get out in the fight. Like, he's ready to throw it down. And he can't get nobody. You just get over to him, and he can still get your first down. Shit. That's what now. That's what Darwin would do if you know if all else fails. If Alex, I mean not Alex, but Patrick's progression leads it to where he gets it to him, and then he runs and does something with it. So I don't think he's going to see. He's not going to be asked to do those things that a Kareem Hunt or even a Damian Williams is going to be asked to do. So that's the reason why I wouldn't say uh, uh, Darwin Thompson. Okay. Yeah. Again, uh, I would go Wanderer because he'll have the ability to help make that defense better. And that's, of course, at the end of the day. Because we already know what the offense is going to be. Right. We already know what it can do. Right. But we still have question marks about this defense. And if he and, – and he's gotten a lot of reps so far in preseason, then he's, he'll get more reps uh, Saturday and then next week in Green Bay. So we're – you know, at the end of the day, I see him making the biggest impact. Okay, okay. Yeah, I see I see Juan Thornhill as well because I look at it as from the fans' perspective. Right. If I'm watching a football game – which 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 play to me is I'll, I'll just compare the two or the three players. Which play to me would make the more impact and be more memorable for me throughout the season? If Juan Thornhill goes out there and gets a pick six for a game winner touchdown, or Nicole Hardman returning the kick for a, a game winning, or even just returning the kick touchdown period, because he's I, he's going to be more special teams than anything this year, pretty much. It's right. The way it seems, anyways, he's going to be a return specialist. Um, or Darwin Thompson, you know, making a breakaway play for a big score for 80 yard gash play where he ticks to the house. I'm going to remember that pick six to win the game by Juan Horner just because of the treacherous pain that we've gone through in these past few years with this defense being hor- horrible outside of a couple of players, you know, shining. Him, him coming in, and, like you said, it's affecting the defense, and that's what we need the most. And from a fan's perspective, we're going to notice the, the, the change in the, the, the upward trajectory of our defense looking better more than we would this already elite top-tier offense in this league. So it's not he's going to be overshadowed. Nicole and, and Darwin are going to be so overshadowed by the already abundant talent we have yeah. offensively. They're just going to be like kind of like how Anthony Thomas was when he kind of came in for place. Like, whoa. Like, he just took off and he got a touchdown off this little sweet play. Mm-hmm. I think McCall Hardman's been pretty At the same time, though, I, I do think that McCall Hardman's a better football player than DeAnthony Thomas. I, I do. I do. They're I think as far, I mean, they're not, not the greatest but, route runners. But DeAnthony Thomas – and DeAnthony Thomas was – I think it was Oregon where he played. He was, he, he, he was a very good player, but he was also way very – he was he was well known for his special teams abilities right. too. McCall Hardman has been known for being a number one receiver. So it's 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 McCool got traded up for it. and 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 honestly let's be honest if Tyree Kill wasn't here we we would be looking at McCall Hardman well, as a Tyree, potential Tyree wide receiver one I'm not saying he would Tyree's be a great comparison because Tyree was a return specialist it wasn't he was a running back too so yeah he was kind of a, a 
gadget guy. Right, number, right. Now he's an elite number one wide receiver. Well, and and, and again, I so think he could become that. I think if we, I think we all will have a consensus agreement that it is going to be Juan Thornhill because of everything he's that Darren so has broke down. What, what Trevor just broke down. The case I'm trying to make though is because of also what Darren said about how you can't double everybody, and these yeah, I yeah. believe that Darwin and Nicole Hardman are going to get their shot. There's going to be games. There's going to be games where the Chiefs are blowing people out, or, or or, or, yeah, whatever the case is. And these guys are going to be able to get their opportunity. I'm just making a case because the NFL is so unpredictable that we, at the end of this season, we can be like, man, McCall Hardman just did this, and we never expected that. And you could be the biggest McCall Hardman fan, and you didn't expect to what he could end up becoming. Imagine how much these fans would flip out if we got a pick six to win the game. And it was Juan Thornhill. Oh boy, I would love it myself. The fan Mm -hmm. impact that would impact the fans so much. no doubt, no doubt, and, and actually, I want to I want to segue to this real quick before we get out of this segment, um, because there's another guy on this team that I feel like this offseason has been kind of just overlooked, and he's actually a big name, and he's making a lot of money in Kansas City. I'm talking about Sammy Watkins, mm-hmm. and and, and it sounds I know that sounds some of you that might be listening might be going, what are you talking about? Everybody knows about Sammy Watkins. Every I mean, yeah. but at the same time, like I've been I've been I listen to I listen to you guys on eight ten, I listen to six ten, I listen to all the local stuff all the time. And I'm I'm listening to what is being broken down. I'm hearing Darwin Thompson. I'm hearing McCole Hardman. I'm hearing Juan Thornhill. Obviously, we're hearing about Patrick Mahomes, which is totally fine. And I listen to all of it. But I feel like there's there's something again about the unpredictability of the NFL. I feel like there's an opportunity for Sammy Watkins to really have a breakout right. season for himself because stop. of the fact that I think he's only had one one thousand yard season in his entire career. I think it was three four years ago. He's had he's so talented. The dude's insanely talented. He was the number four overall pick in his draft, um, twenty fourteen, I believe it was, and he's just never lived up to it. Now the excuse you can say is, well, he's never really had a star quarterback until he came to Kansas City. You know, you can make, and I'm fine with that because I've actually been a big Sammy guy. And when they signed him, I was okay with it because he added so much depth to this uh, prolific offense. Well, he, he was, was playing the Buffalo. Too. He was right. playing in Buffalo, exactly. Multiple coaching teams, right? So, so this is this is like the first time, and, and here's the biggest part about it: this isn't even really a contract year, but at the same time, it kind of is for Sammy because well, yeah, because he's gonna have twenty million over twenty million in cap hit next year. They're not paying him that money. Well, no, if I remember correctly, he he signed a three year contract, right? So. His gear, his guarantees run out this year. So I thought the cap hit was still pretty high though next season. Yeah, I believe his cap it's pretty high still. That's why the Chiefs aren't going to pay him that money. That's that's that, to them well, this is a two year deal. If they were to keep him, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. So yeah, so what he's doing, he to me this season, Sammy Watkins is auditioning for either his next team or to convince the Chiefs to extend him and soften the blow of that cap hit that's going to be coming inevitably in that year three if they decide to keep him. Well, that would so, be smart. Get you a ring on your way out. So yeah. this is what Sammy Watkins has. He has that on his hands. He's been injured and injured and injured the last three seasons. There's no expectation in Sammy Watkins this year. Everyone's fo- focusing on Tyreek Hill, K- Travis Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes. Those are the three guys everyone's looking at. Meanwhile, Sammy Watkins in the AFC Championship absolutely shined. Averaged over 28 yards per reception while Tyreek was getting absolutely shut down. Yeah, but to, Go that, ahead. Point, though, but to that point, the reason why was because Belichick allowed him to do that. Sure. His thing was shutting down Tyreek and Travis, which is what they did. They only had one catch. So Yet it still I, went to overtime. I, yeah, you know? but, but, if I, <laughs> but if I'm, if I'm, if I'm Belichick, yeah, I'll let Sammy Watkins and, and Damian Wolf do whatever. But you see, I t- I tell people they things pissed me off was that tape coming out because if we have Kareem Hunt, it's not a contest. We we beat them because you know what he did to him, what he's done to him the two games that they played against him, where you know he, he balled out. The problem is is that 
People say, well, Damian Williams had the same quote-unquote stats as him, but they're two different type of players where you had the game plan for, for Kareem Hunt. You had the game plan, okay, you let him do what he's going to do, but he's not that big of a threat to you, uh, to New England. If I, if Damian, okay, well, well he's not going to do nothing against us. We played him on even in Miami, so what? You know, we know we can stop him or we let him do his thing. We're just not going to let Pat – because see, the thing is, if Patrick gets it going with Kelsey or, or Tyreek, that brings up that energy. Sammy Watkins doing what he did was like, well, shit. Sorry. No, no, okay. fuck. Say whatever you want to say, man. Do your thing. This is explicit. You're good. It's like, well, shit. Well, we needed this now. You know, had he been doing this all season to stay healthy, then New England probably probably game plans differently. But it's like, okay, well, we'll let you get yours. But if Tyreek gets it and starts and get and gets going, well, now, you know, say, I mean, what happens is, you know. Hell, you was at, you was at training camp when Tyreek gets out on the court you know, on the field, everybody starts going crazy about him. If he if he catches a long pass and scores or whatever, that rouses up the crowd. Around you know, that gets the crowd going, the crowd noise going crazy. I mean, so uh, now what I do like, what I will say is with uh, with Sammy Watkins, I like I like the fact that he's not being talked about. Right, right. Let it be the way. Let look. Let him have that breakout. Maybe we shouldn't even be talking right now. Maybe we should just kind of keep this under wraps. You know, because see, look, he's finally healthy. And and look, this one few times I'd say, look, if we have to get him through training uh, preseason by not letting him play, so be it. You know, look, (laughs) because because he knows. He knows what's being said. He knows what's expected. He knows that you know, look. I have to stay healthy, yeah. especially if you know you want that contract, whether you stretch it or whatever. He has to be healthy because he knows he will be. He will play a vital part of uh, for this team to get to the Super Bowl. Well, our offense was what two, three points better when he was on the field last year. Absolutely, they were right. averaging thirty-eight points a game when he was playing right. in full games. And and yeah, yeah. you saw. I mean, even though they dropped fifty-one in the game without Sammy, you could tell that they had missed that extra element to the offense, which he was because going into the middle part of the season, Sammy was a very vital part of the offense. He had, what was it, over 50 catches. He had over 500 yards. He had three touchdowns. You might look at those numbers and say, well, that's not that in person. He was option number three. Yeah, in the red zone. Man. Option number three in an offense that was putting up numbers like that. You're going to you're gonna perform. And that's right. that's what I'm saying. You option number four because you had right. him, yeah. Kelsey, and Kareem. And Hunt. Yeah, that's a good so, point. No, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I'll give you that so, because yeah, Kareem so was putting up big numbers in the receiving game yeah. too. So. so, I mean, and, and, and to your point, man, I, I mean – Look, I was at that game in L.A. Man, I uh, myself see we were on the field. Man, that was uh, that was oof, that was a game to behold. That was <laughs> probably the best game I've ever seen. And yeah. mind you, now I think he tell people you have to understand. Patrick had six touchdown passes. Thank you. Hold on, and five turnovers. The team, so that means they had at least eleven possessions. <laughs> and I, I can't remember if the game went overtime or not. But uh, no, it did not. It did. So, no. so no, let's. So we had to play at a minimum eleven times because I can't remember if we scored on the ground or not. Uh, without I don't can't remember if Kareem or someone scored on the ground, but we had to play at least eleven times, and we turned it over five times. I mean, to, to score a hundred and some odd points is just incredible, yeah. and, and insanely insane. And again, just just to be there, um, you know, was a sight to behold. But I'm telling you. We get Watkins, and if he can just stay healthy, man, I'm telling you, and we talk, we joke about it all the time. If you're Eric Bieniemy and you're and you're Andy Reid, you get a chance to just sit back and just draw plays, and it's like, man, these cats stay healthy. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's a great problem to have. How do you how? I mean, this might. But if you're a defense coordinator, how do you stop this? Seriously, you just got you, what you got to hope. I mean, obviously you got to do your homework. You gotta, you gotta yeah, you, you got to hope that they have a bad week. You just got to hope oh, that they just man. you know Mahomes finally has himself a bad game because well, we gotta, get to you see gotta it. Pick one guy to try to shut down the best you can. 
Lucas. Hope the rest of you guys can, can, and, can cope. Yeah, because that's Absolutely. that's one hundred percent correct. Because if you look at like you said, Bilicek said, "Look, we're not letting Tyreek beat us because he did it in Week Four. Yep. He beat the crap out of us, and the Chiefs probably should have won that game. Yep. So they're not going to let that happen. He had one catch in the AFC Championship. That's praise for Bilicek more than anything against the Chiefs. That's yep. just Bilicek. That's what we talk about. He is the outlier. You just have to accept that Bilicek's going to take away your number one weapon. That's what excites me about this offense with Sammy Watkins is that you saw that Sammy was the the lifeblood of this of this offense to stay alive in that game. Because after that first half, you know Eddie was sitting right next to me, and I'm sitting here going, "How in the hell is this offense getting shut down?" Someone's someone's got to come alive. Sammy came alive. You listen to the mic'd up the NFL when NFL Network did their mic'd up on him. He's motivating the entire team on the sidelines. Sammy walked the walk and talked the talk in that game. That's why I'm so excited. I'm I'm glad you said that, Darren. I like that no one's talking about Sammy because I think he can have himself a humongous season. Whether he stays in Kansas City after this season and gets extended, he's only 26 years old, you know, or or he goes and gets himself a fat contract somewhere else. Either way, I am fully anticipating that Sammy Watkins is going to have impact. This season for the Kansas City Chiefs, and we're going to be very grateful that the Chiefs signed him two years ago. So we're going to take a break. Um, we're going to actually come back. We're going to rank our top ten tight ends. Uh, Trevor, I know you had your list. Um, we are we've been doing this every week. We did quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs. Uh, I think our running back home was the hottest one of the of the entire saga. But yeah, we're going to come back talk some mics. talk some tight ends. But I want to I want to include Darren in this real quick too because yeah. when we come back, we're going to talk tight ends. But I also want to talk about Travis Kelsey and the future that he has in Kansas City. Um, there's a lot of questions about that coming up very soon. And then obviously the best segment of the night, hold this L. We'll be back to all that after this. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City themed clothing and accessories with a countercultural appeal. Find them online at commandeerbrand.com or follow them at commandeerbrand on Instagram or Facebook. Midcoast Modern is a Kansas City focus on modern handmade and small brands. A resource for design-centric home goods, apparel, jewelry, artwork, and limited edition gifts. We support makers, artists from the mid-coast, and bring in goods from makers, artists around the U.S. to offer a unique selection. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number three. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, here in, my, in the Casey Beard Co. Studios with my guys, Eddie Ortiz, yo, yo, yo. Trevor Twidwell, there, and our guest. You already know him, guys, and if you don't, let me introduce him. It's Darren Smith. Big Pimpin. <laughs> from 810 WHB. The ship. Nick, hey, go ahead. You know what, Darren? Let them know where they can find you, man. Uh, let them know the nights, the days that they can hear you uh, lay out the knowledge for the Chiefs, for local coverage, whatever you got, man. Give it to them. All right. Well, you can catch me every day, Monday through Friday, from 11 a.m. to 12 noon on ESPN Kansas City. That's 94.5 FM uh, or uh, 1510 a.m. Or you can catch us online at 1510.com or via Facebook Live. Now you say, well, why is it only one hour? Well, because I do accept to cover the Chiefs <laughs> when I get off the air, so I can't, I can't do more than an hour a day each day. And then on Thursday nights, I'm on from 10 p.m. to midnight on Sports Radio 810 WHB, beginning week number two, excuse me, in the NFL season. I'll, uh, I'll also expand to Monday night as well. So I'll be on two nights a week on 810 from 10 p.m., excuse me, 10 p.m. to midnight or whenever Monday and Thursday Night Football ends, I'll do a two-hour show after that. Definitely hit him up on Facebook as well, Darren Smith, and uh, give him your Twitter handle as well, man. Uh, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, it is uh, at the ship on 810WHB. So it's at, I guess, uh, T-H-E-S-H-I-P-O-N-810 WHB. Heck yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so definitely follow him on Facebook and Instagram, or Facebook and Twitter as well. He's got some great stuff on there, guys. I love I love watching and tuning in on his Facebook Live 
I was watching a little bit last night. I actually ended up falling asleep uh, while he messaged me. He's like, hey, man, call in. I'm like, damn it, man. I just fell asleep. So I'm getting uh, old, Darren. I apologize. I'm getting man, old, man. We all are, man. <laughs> <laughs> but let's, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit more about uh, football, as, as we have been all night. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of our top tens. Again, we've done fi- uh, our quarterbacks, our running backs, wide receivers, and now we're doing our tight ends. Uh, Trevor, go ahead and start us, man. Who is your 10 top 10 tight ends in the NFL today? I know this is a little bit more of a challenging list yeah. because there this aren't is- – 10 great tight ends. Like you only talk about 10 tops usually throughout the year. As far right. as tight ends go, that are like actually named. It's hard to names. name 10 right. tight ends in There's today's. There's always one guy, one or two or three maybe guys that pop and have a big week or something. Right. To, yeah, there's typically the good. It's, it's much easier to do a top five. But as far as top 10 goes, uh, my 10 spot is going to go to a guy who I think is going to have a, a, one of those pop years, a big year this year with the Steelers. Uh, Vance McDonald is my 10 spot. Um, as far as as long as he can stay healthy this year, I think he's going to have put up great numbers with all the the, the vacant targets left there in, in Steeler land um, with AB gone and all. <clears throat> um, and then my number number nine spot, I got Jared Cook, who is with the uh, the Saints now. And usually the Saints tight end spot usually does pretty well. Uh, last season, not so much, but I think Jared Cook's a talented enough guy. If he can stay healthy, he can definitely put up some numbers in, in, uh, in, uh, with the Saints this year. Um, number eight, I got Greg Olson. He's an Iron Man. He's always there. He's a, you know always a valuable player. As long as Cam can stay healthy, him and Cam have a great connection. I think he'll have a good year as well. Uh, number seven, I got Delaney Walker. Um, I do like Delaney Walker returning this year. He's, he's kind of a glass guy. He's been hurt the last yeah. couple of years. Yeah. But when he's on the field, man, the guy produces, and he's a, he's a very good route runner for a guy his size. I like Delaney Walker at seven. Number six, I got a, I got a young guy who we haven't seen too much, but Hunter Henry, I think, is gonna have a great year with, with, with the Chargers this year. I think he's gonna be one of the maybe in the brightest spot of their of their offense this year, especially if Melvin Gordon doesn't show up this year. Hunter Henry sitting there at number six. Number five, I got OJ Howard, who is my breakout tight end of the year. Um, I think in Bruce Arians offense, Bruce Arians never really had great tight ends with most of his offenses. And I think coming in here with Winston wanted to air it out. And that Winston loves his tight ends, and OJ Howard is a Travis Kelsey esque talent. And the guy is amazing. You watch him between that's him like praise. Yeah, I mean him and the guy that's coming after him, the two guys I think they can have the two biggest years as far as like breakout tight ends. So that next guy at number four is, is Evan Ingram. Um, he's on a bad offense right now, as far as we know, with the Giants. I don't think I don't think their offense going to be that great, but it could be a sneaky one. Um, Evan Ingram's going to get ridiculous amount of targets. He could easily get 100 targets this year. Uh, I think Evan Ingram has, goes off this year, even with if Eli stays at the helm. Uh, number three, I got Zach Ertz. Just a steady Eddie guy. Gets his targets every year. He's in a great offense, an offense that feeds the tight end uh, with, the, with with Coach Peterson there. So he's solidified in number three. And number two, I got George Kittle, the guy that broke the record last year for yards for a tight end. The guy's incredible, man. Uh, he's already dealing with, I think, a little couple ailments right now, but if he can stay healthy, the guy is going to set more records probably. Um and then obviously number one, I got Zeus. I got my guy Poppy Blanco. That's my guy, man. <laughs> Zeus sitting at number top. I mean, top top spot at number one. I don't think there's a better tight end in this league. Travis Kelsey is more of a receiver really than he is a tight end. Right. He's a great blocker though. I mean, the guy he is a tight end. He plays that spot perfectly. But as far as receiving the ball and doing things with the ball after he gets in his hands, there's no better yak. There's no better yak tight end in the league. And the guy is incredible. He's in the best offense in the league. And it's it's gonna be a fun year to watch him play. So. Nice. Well, good list, man. Um. Our list is very different this this week. Uh, we've had some similarities in the previous weeks. Running back was kind of you know bad, but uh, but uh, this week this week's going to be a little bit different. I'm, I'm going to start my list at number ten. 
This is a guy I think is pretty underrated. Austin Hooper from uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Okay, well, I'm going to give you some numbers. Last year, he had uh, 71 receptions for 660 yards and four touchdowns. That's pretty damn good for a guy that already has, you know, Muhammad and Sanu, Julio Jones, Devontae Freeman, and Tevin Coleman at the time. That's a lot of weapons around him to be able to put up those kinds of numbers. Matt Ryan loved him some tight end last year, and I think that's going to continue. Austin Hooper is one of the most underrated tight ends in football. My number nine is Hunter Henry, and the reason why I have him so low is because he hasn't proven to me anything. Yeah, Yeah, he's a talent, sure. But he, yeah, but he's been hurt, and so I just I, I don't know what Hunter Henry really is out of respect of the talent and the fact that the the Chargers are going to have to throw the ball a lot this year. He's probably going to put up numbers, so I'll put him at number nine. Um, my number eight, this guy gets overlooked a lot too, and it's surprising because this team's been the most popular team this offseason. David Njoku. I think that this I think he's a I think he's a talented player, very quiet player. We really, seen it yet with him either, well, last he's year extra la, last year though he had almost six hundred yards, four touchdowns. That's an honest season. Yeah, Twenty five years there. old. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. I think I think Njoku, He's at the bottom of my list. He's down at the you know the the bottom three. But I think Njoku is going to really establish himself as a as a tight end one this year. Um, number seven, uh, I'm not as big on Evan Ingram as you are. I think that he's a good player, um, but because of the fact that I haven't seen, and he's not, he's not, he's hurt a lot too. Yeah. That's the other thing. Him, him and Jordan Reed have a lot of similarities in that area. You, you see them have a good game, and then they're hurt for three weeks, and then you don't hear from them for the rest of the season. It just, it's, it's annoying because I do believe Evan Ingram is so supremely he's talented. talented. He's very talented. He's a huge he's tight end, huge target. Man. That's the problem. Exactly. I think he's just in a bad situation yeah, right now with Eli Manning. I do think, though, however, Daniel right. Jones will do, utilize him better in the future if they keep him. Sure. Um, I will. And number six, I'm actually higher on Vance McDonald than you are. I like Vance McDonald, especially now. Especially now because of the fact that Antonio Brown is gone. And, and, and Vance McDonald put up pretty decent numbers last year with Jesse Antonio James. Brown. Jesse James is gone as well. The other time. Exactly. So Vance McDonald, I think, is a good value at tight end if you're a fantasy owner. I think he's a great guy to get. I got him in my fantasy league, by the way. Yep. Um, but number number five, Eric Ebron. I think people sleep on Eric Ebron. Fifteen touchdowns yeah, at high, tight end last high, year. Bro. You cannot ignore production. You cannot ignore production. I know that he had nine touchdowns combined the previous two years, but you got to look at the fact the moment he actually has a quarterback that throws his way, red, Matt Stafford doesn't throw to tight ends. Yeah, no, he was just a red zone guy. Right. So now that he has a quarterback that likes to throw to tight ends, what do he do? He produced. He had fifteen. He tied for the league lead in touchdown receptions well, with Antonio Brown. Hit 15. He had 15 touchdowns last year. That's insane for a tight end. That's like Gronkowski level. Hey, maybe not, but I'm going to give him his respect because the dude balled out last year and he's a talented tight end. So he's in my top five. My number four, I'm with you. O.J. Howard, I think he's an absolute stud. I think O.J. Howard is going to have a breakout season. I think he's going to show you why this guy was a first-round pick. This guy is an absolute season. My number four. My number three is Zach Ertz. I think Zach Ertz has the potential to be the best tight end in football. I really do. The problem, though, is he's had injury problems. He's had a couple injuries here and there, but when he plays, the dude is an elite tight end, no questions asked. But the two guys above him, I just think are just overall better tight ends. George Kittle, to me, what he did last season with backup quarterback after backup quarterback, I mean, and Jimmy G might end up being a backup quarterback pretty soon if he doesn't get he's careful. He's the wide receiver one. That's what I'm saying. George Kittle, I mean, he was literally a one-man army out there, and he's performing and he's better got, than almost any tight end in NFL history for a single season. He absolutely balled out. So I'm going to give George Kittle his respect. My number one, Rob Gronkowski. I'm just kidding. It's uh, Travis Kelsey. Uh, there's, we don't need to, we don't need to em- emphasize this dude is about to break an NFL record for most consecutive 1,000-yard seasons as a tight end. He's going to do that this year. I believe it's four. Greg Olson and him are tied yeah, right now with three. Man. You notice I didn't have Greg Olson in my list. I love Greg Olson. Yeah. But he's had three straight seasons now of just 
No, I mean, really nothing to, nothing to show. Before that, he balled out. He had three straight years of 1,000 yards. After that, he's got an ankle injury after ankle injury, shoulder injuries, back injuries. I think Greg Olson's done. I would love for him to prove me wrong. I'm not putting him in my top 10. So that's, you don't know Jared Cook? I like Jared Cook. Jared Cook is very inconsistent. Jared Cook will disappear for an entire year, and the next year have a good season. I I can't trust Jared Cook. He just turned thirty two or thirty one. He's been late a long time too. Darren, you got any got any got any uh you know ideas of what our list? Who who won the list battle tonight? Give me give me something. Are you gonna go with Trevor? Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. You know that. Hey, look, I would I would only say because I can't win every week. <laughs> I will say this because because of the addition uh, by subtraction, I think uh, you know let's let's not overlook Ben Watson in that time and that in that Bill Belichick office because you know Brady utilizes the tight end as he we know. What? How many games? And I think Ben Watson is fine. Or is, is, I think he suspended a couple of games for like PED or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, it, it might be two. It might be two yeah. or four games, but yeah, I think yeah. Well, and I guess when I saw him play a preseason, I forget about. Oh, him. he's a freak athlete. Always has been. But if that's the case, like I said, I mean, granted, for three quarters of the season, I think I yeah. think uh, he's going to help that team tremendously until Gronkowski returns in Week Eleven. Oh, you like you think Gronk's going to return? Yeah, I think he returns. Okay, he I'm I'm just saying he kind of looks like a strung out hillbilly right he now, man. Thin. He's he's thin. He's going to play receiver. He's got time. He's got time, no yeah, doubt. But he's, he's got to gain like forty pounds. Yeah, but you juice up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a possibility. I'm obviously not playing. You know, but but. I mean, but to that point, you got to understand for somebody like him with the hits that he's taken, not being able to, yeah, you know, not being able to go through go through the preseason and the training camp and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. If you can do, you know, if he can just put two months together, which is all Brady would need him for, you know, saying that that, right that that December January, I mean, I run. Don't say that, man. Well, I, you know, I mean, ah. look, that's look, that would be the arrangement that he would make, and so right. I. If if I had to put a percentage on it, I'd say fifty one percent. He 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 stays retired forty nine percent that he comes back. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm but just maybe I'm just one of those weird people. I don't see it. I don't I don't think he's returning. I think he's happy being retired. I think he won his championship and he's half a robot now with all the surgeries the dudes had. He's like RoboCop out there, Robo Gronk. You know what I mean? I, I, I just like this. Let, let let's see how well or how poorly New England looks when that time comes. Because trust me, Brady right. make that phone call. Yep. Oh Rob sure, will come back. Well, and, and I think we can all predict. I think we all can predict that there's the the annual September struggles for the the Patriots. They're going to look rusty starting the season off like they always do. They're not. They're going to win games. I think. Well, because you know, because generally they have trouble in Miami late mm-hmm. in the season, but they got Miami early. I, I I think I think this this first four weeks they won't have they won't have like the bad record that they were used to having them mm-hmm. uh, used to seeing them have. Right, because I, I think they were two and two last year in, in September. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, we can go on a whole thing about the Patriots. I, I don't, I don't honestly like their roster that much this <laughs> season. And, and whether we want to address it yeah, or not, I've never like their roster, but, but they, they seem to find ways, ways to win. win. I agree. Yeah, but at the same time, and we do have to remember though that Father Time is undefeated. The inevitable is coming. I think Tom Brady's seeing it. He's still going to be a very good quarterback. I still have him in my top six. The last few years, he's made three trips I, to the Super Bowl. I agree. I agree. And I think that that's because Patrick Mahomes hasn't played a you know multitude of seasons yet. <laughs> but actually, I want to I want to stay on the t- the tight end topic, uh, and I want to get Darren's thoughts on this. It's about our guy, the number one the number one tight end on both Trevor and I's list, Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Um, we okay. Obviously, we know that Travis Kelsey wants to be a chief. He's very happy here. He's making his money. Uh, he's making a little over eight million dollars a year. 
but his contract up is, is up in two years, and he'll be 30 this year before the season's over. He'll be 30 years old. And that is something I feel like is kind of not being talked about enough uh, because we're so focused on, you know, Chris Jones's contract, Tyreek Hill's oh, contract. But it's been talked about, about, sure, about but not, it. it's not up there in those those conversations as yeah. so far as those guys are concerned. Um, and, and I want to kind of get your idea, Darren, because – Let's say that let's say that Travis Kelsey continues to stay at a certain level. Let's say I'm not expecting to have a thousand yard seasons every single year, but if he gets to that fourth and breaks that NFL record, <coughs> excuse me. Let's say he breaks that record. Do you think that Travis Kelsey has a right to say, you know what? I think it's time I get paid. What do you think is going to happen? I mean, I know he's got two years left on his deal, but after this season, he's going to want to get an extension. I would imagine if he's performed like this great at an all time level for four straight years. What's your thoughts? Do you think that the Chiefs are going to take that seriously as he gets into his 30s and and feels that he's a pivotal part of this offense and continue and needs to pay a tight end, which they feel like, you know, is he valuable to that point, or do you think that well, they want to move on? Here's the thing. You know, he's always been top two, top three the last few years. It's been obviously between he and Gronk. The fact that Gronk would, you know, be on the team to go to the Super Bowl, that, I, you know, having them rings always weighs out. If he can help lead this team to a Super Bowl – that's an advantage uh, in his favor. The thing is, my my, my only concern as it relates to uh, Travis is staying healthy, and that is more so more so the, the concussion than anything else. I know he suffered a couple couple seasons ago uh, in the playoffs uh, that I think against the Titans that put him out uh, for, uh, for that game or the, the second, second half, half yeah, the second half of the game. If if, if Kelsey stays healthy then I see them because he is a safety blanket and it's one thing see this is where this is where teams try to be too cute by half. Um, Travis, the relationship between Travis, Tyree, Patrick is pivotal. That's your quote unquote triplet. That would have been a quadruple had had uh, had Hunt, you know had the tape not been released or whatever. You know, Hunt would be in that core group. This you have the potential to have, um, you know, some uh, a pairing like, uh, you know, like the Cowboys with the trips or, or the 49ers or to that extent, even even a Tom Brady where you got where you got the ratio with that tight end. It can it cannot be understated just how important those players are to someone's success like a like a Patrick Mahomes. For for Patrick to be as successful as it was, he had a Tyreek Hill last year. They were able to bail him out. You can't coach speed when you have the fastest guy in the in, in, in the league on your team, and you throw the furthest than anybody. So he can always bail you out, or you can bail yourself out by heaving the ball eighty yards without a problem. And Tyreek can blow past everybody to go get it. And then when you add someone like a Kelsey, who let them be doubled, you can you can get you can get Kelsey somewhere underneath where he can get you the first down. Teams try to be too cute by half by saying, well, we can just find somebody else, you know, at a cheaper price that we don't want to pay. That's where you get in trouble. Again, you see somebody like Jerry Jones getting himself in a situation, and that's the curse of drafting well. We, you know, yeah, we're looking for a quote-unquote a backup for him, but we're, looking, but we're not looking for a backup to quote-unquote replace Travis. Now, we're looking for somebody else, you know, in case he hasn't come out just, you know, just for a play or something – or if you run a two tight end set, that's what really that's what we talk about when we're looking for a backup from. Because right now, Patty doesn't want him going anywhere. Right. I mean, he doesn't want to go anywhere. Andy I mean, doesn't and, want him going yeah, anywhere. And, 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 and so, 
if you're trying to win multiple Super Bowls, you have to keep your core group together. And yes, it's going to cost money. Yeah. I mean, but you're going, but the cap keeps raising every year. So it's not like you won't have the money to do it. And and you look, if you want the players bad enough, you can maneuver your oh, way yeah. around the cap. Because hell, look what Jones and them are trying to do now. They're trying to get Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott, and Zeke. With, with Jalen Smith all underneath this. They can make it happen, cap. too, yeah. So, I mean, so you can pay the money where you can give them a high guarantee, but just have that stuff prorated, you know. So, I mean, to spread out to help you help ease the cap restrictions. And then, uh, so my humble opinion, yes, I, I say pay him. And look, as long as he's healthy and, he's, you know, because two years ago, along with Marcus Peters, yeah, you had the whole flag stuff, personal penalty, stuff like that. He's grown from that. Mm-hmm. I, I think Peterson has, has to an extent as well, but – you didn't have that last year. It's true. To where, That's you know, true. He, he was causing the team yardage and stuff where he was hurting the team. Yeah. So he's he's learned from that. He's, going he's been a leader on and off, uh, on and off the field. And because of that, I say pay the man. You know, the thing is, when you when you try to just be too cute, where you try to emulate Bill Belichick, where people got to take discounts, stuff, look, man, you got to worry about your team. That's how they do it because it's work for them. But they've got six Super Bowl titles to, to show for it. You don't. All right. So – Again, you want Patrick to be successful. You have to put him and you have to surround him with the best talent. Until his play declines or or injury uh, says otherwise, you've got to keep uh, uh, Kelsey as long as possible. Got it. Well, what do you got, Trev? If and when he balls out, more when he balls out this year. And next year when Chris Jones and Sammy Watkins are gone, he's going to have enough money to get paid whatever he wants. Plain and simple. I don't think Chris Jones and St. Walkers are going to be here next year just because, especially if we win a Super Bowl, I think Chris Jones is going to get paid tremendously somewhere else next year. I think he plays it out this year. That's the way I'm seeing it go out. Nah, they just tag him. I don't know. I mean, that's definitely a possibility. And um, he could definitely hold out from that too. But what um, you, you think that the Chiefs would just let Chris Jones walk? I don't know. I just think there's going to be <laughs> something that where he, 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 because he's still on the contract till. Because his rookie contract is to mm-hmm. win. Next well, the fifth-year option plays into it. Right. So, so I, mean, I don't know. I, I just think that they value Travis Kelsey more than they would value Chris Jones. And I, I think that's the way I would go about it, too, because of how big of an impact he brings to this offense. And like you said, he's the safety blanket for the most cherished piece of this offense is Travis Kelsey. And, and we've seen their bromance build over the last couple seasons. And that's you know I don't want to disrupt that. I, I, don't, I don't know how much money he's really going to demand because as far as tight ends go, I don't know what the – you know, the reigning market is for, for tight end money wise, but I don't think it's too big of a hit. Um, he could definitely change that, you know, the trajectory of that. Um, I definitely think Travis Kelsey's not going nowhere. I think he loves it here. Um, I could definitely see a scenario where he, you know, works something out to where it's, it's friendly for both sides. Cause like I said, I think he, he's, he's dug his roots in here. He's a Midwest kid already. You know, he's, he's used to the because it's not too, you know, different as far as where he grew up to compared to Kansas City. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely think he's going to get paid um, whether, you know, he gets an extension this year or next year. It's going to happen. And I definitely think he balls out this year. And, and if I could never, you know, and the other thing is, is he doesn't he's not one of those players that blows his money. Right. I mean, he lives. He, really he lives. Now. I won't say where he lives, but he lives in downtown Kansas City, literally. In an apartment complex, condo, so yeah, so kind, so and so, so it's not like he's out living in a five million dollar house or something where he's got, you know, he 
he's got some endorsements too. He yeah, started a clothing exactly. Line. So I mean, and, and he could he could be in a situation where he's like what, where he's living off of his endorsement money right. and just letting his playing money, you know, add up. So True. I mean, so that 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 that's why Gronk never really tried to you know command a lot of money. He was taking you know team friendly deals. You know they were paying him, yeah. But it, but it wasn't like he was trying to reset the market. I just can't see Kelsey being that guy that's like, oh, guys, your Kelsey's holding now. I just I, yeah, I, yeah, no, I don't think he's a holdout guy. What I what I'm saying I'm is, saying, I, 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 I think I, I think that Travis also knows his worth, and I think that once he gets that fourth straight 1,000 yard season, which is a big deal, that's an NFL record for tight end. That's a big deal, and oh, I think yeah. he can say, look. I think I need to make a little more money. According, yeah, but grass hasn't always been on true. the other side either. That, I mean, it, it it worked for it worked for uh, Gonzalez, but but to what but to what extent? I mean, yeah, he got to the playoffs, but hell, he still didn't win. That's true. Win well, according to azcentral.com, uh, the highest paid average average salary per year for tight ends, Jimmy Graham is the number one right now with ten million per year. Uh, Travis Kelsey is actually right behind him. 9.4. The guys behind him are Jordan Reed, Kyle Rudolph, and then Greg Olson, who's, what, thirty going to be 34 this season. Yeah, you have a lot of tight ends that just do not equate the production of Travis Kelsey, Kelsey the value change, of – You could change the trajectory. So what I'm, yeah, that's, and, that's what, and, and here's the other – here's the Especially angle I'm looking at all this from. Here's, here's the angle I'm looking at this from. I look. I know the the age thirty is a big thing, for, especially for skill positions. I understand that. Not necessarily tight end. But, but my point is this, and that's that's what I'm trying to say is that you've seen tight ends go long into their careers and be right. productive. You saw Tony Gonzalez play till he was 36. You saw Shannon Sharp play till he was 36. You saw Jason Witten still playing. He's 37. And he's not great anymore, but he's still out there as a starting tight end. You saw Antonio Gates play last season, 38 years old. There have been guys. That have been playing long into their careers. I think Travis ben Kelsey, Watson. Ben Watson yeah, Ben Watson's thirty five years Quiet. old. Like they're the, and I think Travis Kelsey is just as, if not more, talented than all those guys. Furthermore, Travis Kelsey hasn't missed a single full game since right. twenty thirteen, his rookie year, when he hurt his what was his knee. I think yeah. he never played a single game that season. After that, he's never missed a start. So I think Travis Kelsey. I'm with you guys. I think he's if you you got to pay him in two years when he's going to be 31, 32 years old. Pay him. Right. Get him a two two three year deal. Front load that contract if you have to. Get the guaranteed money out of the way in the first year or two, and that way you have your you, your star. I project would still be a star tight end. I'm not saying he'd still be the number one tight end in the league, but he could still be a top five tight end. You give Patrick Mahomes a top five tight end in the league. That's more than enough than what he would require from a tight end position. Well, if, Travis Kelsey, too. if Travis Kelsey is healthy, he's going to be top one, top two tight end. I mean, and and again, you know. <laughs> This is this is the they have the fresher where you know they don't have to say it hourly, but trust me, Patrick would take less if it means if it means making sure that 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 they can keep a, a Travis Kelsey, mm-hmm. you know, and keep that core together. They have a good relationship, man. Yeah, that's I mean this this is unfortunately I mean this is fortunately not a situation where you got selfish players like Antonio Brown, somebody you know, where it's a me me me. I mean this is this is truly man. I I, I tell you all the time. You know, the one good thing about me being there every day, which is something that the Chiefs had suggested last year, kind of practice every day, whatever, you know, kind of helps you as it relates to covering the team and building uh, credibility with the team like that, is that you get a chance to say, man, when I say these these brothers hang out, they talk, man, man, they do a lot of shit together. Where they travel, yeah. I mean, and it's it's important because, you know, you can't you can't fake that, man. Right. I mean, and that's and that's just what they do. Yeah. And, And you know, when Patrick says, you know, that they have a brother, they really mean that. Yeah, 
I agree. I agree. I think that the camaraderie is almost unprecedented because we don't see very many teams play the way that they do and, and numbers, hang out like these guys show, do. It's special. Well, we're going to we're going to take uh, well actually we're no, we're not taking a break. We're actually going to go right into our favorite segment of the night of the week of this entire show since the very beginning. Guys, what's it called again? Hold, Hold this L. L. It's time to I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that L. <laughs> the him, the her. I'm talking like caps lock L, 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 Cool J stuff. Hold that L. <laughs> Good God, man. Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, pulsating oh L. Man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant man. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, hold Sorry. this L. Hold This L, brought to you by Casey Beard Company. Casey Beard Co. over the last five years has been providing you with skin and beard care products handcrafted with 100% organic ingredients. You can follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Casey Beard Co. and visit their website at CaseyBeardCo.com. All right, guys, hold this L. It's time. The weekly tradition, the podcast episode weekly tradition. Eddie, start it off, man, because we've been hearing from you all night, so we're going to make this quick, obviously. (laughs) What do you got, Um, man? My L is going to go to Neymar, uh, uh, PSG, mm-hmm. Neymar, PSG, whatever you – you can pick both if you want. So about, what was it, two transfer windows ago, Neymar demanded a kind of like a trade, kind of like a transfer from Barcelona. Uh, he was happy at Barcelona. Obviously, he was uh, one of the, I would say, top three in, in the world. You had your Messi, you had your Ronaldo, and then you had your – Neymar, but I don't know what happened. He was chasing money. Obviously, his dad's his agent, I believe. Uh, he, his dad was, I mean, his dad obviously is chasing money as well. Uh, and they knew where the money was. Uh, PSG offered Barcelona 222 mil. And this is euros, so take that into consideration. <laughs> right. Um. So that happened two years down down the road uh, to today. Uh, Neymar wants out of PSG because he know he fucked up. <laughs> he, he went to the wrong team. Just because chasing money doesn't mean you'll always get like a championship. Obviously, they've won their league tournament, but they obviously don't have any competition. And outside of that, they can't they can't seem to to get it right. And now he's he's wanting. A transfer out of PSG, but PSG, since they paid 222 mil, they're like, we're not going to let you go unless we get, we get that money back. So here comes Real That's Madrid. That's not happening. Yeah, so here comes Real Madrid saying, hey, we'll give you, talking to PSG, we'll give you a, a hundred mil, and then we'll give we'll give you three of our our one of our three of our best players that we can have that we can give you. So they also offered James, Bell, and uh, Navas. Obviously, PSG turned it down. <laughs> no shit. So my L is is being thrown into PSG and Neymar because they both are not happy with each other. The the fans are literally saying, "Get the fuck out to right. Neymar!" Like we don't fucking want you in this team. And That's gonna be an awkward exactly. Situation. So the season starts off, I think, uh, this week, this weekend. So I don't think Neymar is playing because he's injured. But uh, other than that, like. Neymar, once out, he can't get out. 
PSG wants the money that they spent on somebody that doesn't want to play with them anymore. So it's kind of like a fucking soap opera. We'll call it that way. Yeah. So my O is going to go to both of them. It's a double L. I like yeah. it. So PSG and Neymar. Hold this L. L. All right, Darren. Who we got, man? Well, <laughs> my hold the L is basically simple. It's for all the haters who thought I wasn't going to get to ATM. Yeah. I got to say, I mean, look, they're, they're still. Talk about it. Just, look, right probably, right Talk about it. Probably something at the station for all I know. Hey, I don't this know, is called the spoken know, for a reason. You got to speak uh, it, man. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate it. But no, you know, I mean, now, I've had a lot more supporters than I have haters. But sure. for those haters uh, who didn't think, I, you know, and I still don't think I've made it. Trust me, because. Uh, I'm not, I'm not complacent, and I'm not, you know. Look, I'm still, still working hard being out there at the station, and as, as I tell people, um, you know, and I'll say it on here. I'm not afraid to talk about race. I am uh, the first black uh, to be on there on, on the 810 side since Jason Whitlock, and so uh, I do have a sense of pride and responsibility as it relates to that. And and I also know I still have to work not even twice, but three times harder than everybody else to do what I got to, you know, to, to be successful out there. And so, you know, I'm, I'm willing to go the extra mile. The station has seen that, you know, I'm, you know, out of nowhere, I'm, I'm on the pregame and postgame for the Chiefs. So that's, you know, that's something that I didn't even expect when I first started there. But, you know, here I am. So I've probably leapfrogged people who yeah. may have wanted to do that before. Um, and so, you know, it, it's it, it's come at a cost. Uh, but it's a cost that I'm willing to, I'm willing to pay, even if it's, you know, it, it could cost me personally. But if it does, and it does. But uh, again, my L is for those who didn't think I'd make it all this far, and and all the haters, and those that are continue to hate, they just gonna keep hating. So everybody that came against the next big name in Kansas <laughs> yeah. City sports radio, why don't you go ahead and for my guy Darren Smith and hold, hold this L. L. Oh I liked it, man. I'm, hey, and just and just and just for the record, man, we're, we're we are glad to have you man, again, in the position I'm, you're in, man. We I appreciate, appreciate that. And again, I appreciate being being a part of the show. Well, so. I know that my guy Shaggy Shane loves you to death. Oh, Everybody, all, all the Chiefs fans I talk, they love you, man. So keep doing what you're doing. Trust me when I say you're making impact. Keep doing it, man, because you're just going, you're only going to go upward, man. So we're we're just we're glad to have you here tonight. And, and, you and, know, and, and if I may say that, I tell people all the time, I have a program. I keep telling everybody, like, I said, man. I like what you see on Facebook. Like, you can come talk to me. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not somebody who's like, hey, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, not, I'm not gonna put, you, I'm not gonna get you with the, with the, the uh, yeah, with the high school. <laughs> and, and, and to that point, it's funny because I had a guy. I was at training camp. Security was like, is there a Darius Smith up there? Like, what the? <laughs> like, damn, did I park wrong somewhere? I'm like, oh, there's somebody who wants to meet you. I'm like. Okay, still, so I'm still kind of nervous. But, but, but when I got there, this guy's like, hey, man, we're facing friends. I just want to get a chance to meet you. That's like, cool, man. Oh, cool. That's okay. cool. I'm like, okay, cool. But the guy's like, man, I came from Topeka to come down to meet you. I was like, no, you came from Trader Camp. Oh, I still I said, now, meet me just a little. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I was like, man, I appreciate that. But that, you know, but again, that, it, it, it makes you feel good. And and, and people think you got to have an ego. I said, man, you, yeah, in the sports media, you got to have a small ego. But the thing is, you know, I don't have that ego to where it's outside. So, look, I know where I've come from, right. humble beginnings. I know I'm still trying to get to where I want to go. And the thing is, you never know who you're going to meet. I keep telling people all the time, it it, it it costs nothing to be nice to people because you never know. And I tell people, you don't know the person that you, you, you know, telling you to kiss your ass could be that same person you ask for a glass of water the next day. So it's true. I'm kind to everybody who comes across me, unless you just somehow just blatantly just disrespect me, something like that. I won't fool with you, but... 
again, like you know, like you you asked me after we did the thing with Shaggy about doing it. I was like, yeah, just you know, right. let me know. I mean, if I can help you out, so be it. You and that's and that's what it's about, man. Because yeah. with this show, I mean, you can ask these guys. What we want to do is create a platform where people are hearing different yeah. viewpoints on oh, yeah, maybe the same topics. And and it was very important to me to have you on the show, so that way people can see like your story. I wanted people to know who is Darren Smith. Yeah, like because I, said, I mean, yeah. we, you know, we're gonna come back and do this. I'm school you on Let's the, do know, it, man. I'm ready for that NBA talk. I'm ready, dude. Uh, that MJ LeBron talk. I can't wait for that shit. And again, I tell people all the time. Uh, see, and one of the difference between me and everybody's the station. Look, and they have their own way how they do their show. That's fine. I tell people, look, that's how they do their show. How I do my show is. I have the phone lines open. I want you to call in. I want you to be a part of the show. I want to interact, you know, with people. You know, now I, I tell people all the time, don't complain about what you're on the radio when I give you a platform and an opportunity to call in and stutter. you don't. You know what I'm saying? Well, no, I don't like to shut it, but call in. Like, don't talk that shit on, 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 right. on Facebook or yeah. whatever about Keithman or anybody more, else and, you know, what they what they do. I'm like, well, fuck, you know, I'm on the radio, so you get a chance. You can, I tell you, it's, yeah, old, it's open phone line Friday. Give you a number to call in. If you don't call in, shut the fuck up. And I'm sorry. Uh, so, so you have this one. Listen, I can admit that, you know, and I'm sorry. I, I, know, I, know I, gotta, no, no. I know I got to let y'all get your ass, but I got to get this off my chest. I'm sorry. I got to get this off my chest now. See, that, that means that. Okay, so, okay, so you give me give this platform. Again, now that's the thing I hate. You know, say people people will be like, oh man, I hate what's going on on eight ten or this guy, this shows this or six ten. Okay, but the other people they don't like to take callers for whatever reason. You know, they say, well, the callers are stupid or whatever. Man, whatever. It's more it's more educated folk than not. But the thing is, I like for people to call in because one, it lets me know that you're listening to the show, yeah, and that whatever. And I tell people, don't be fucking afraid. You know, I give you the number, I tell you to call. But call the damn phone, you right. know, call the show. Yeah. yeah, and I said, you know, I said, you know, I said, look, I actually, people actually will not believe. It. I actually don't like the sound of my own voice when I'm on there. You know, you have to hear yourself, monitor. But mm-hmm. I don't like the sound of my own voice because I used to call college football games and basketball games. I, I used to do it as a one man show collegially, Lincoln University. I used to be the color and the analyst calling this shit. So uh, I had to describe games over uh, the air for three and a half hours. And, and basketball too. So, I mean, it messed with my head because I'm like, I have to color, analyze, describe the face. It was like, fuck, it was killing my head. Yeah. So, so it's like, I really hate to hear the sound of my own voice. And, and and so when I have to do a long monologue, I don't like it because, again, I'm going back to where I'm hearing my own voice yeah. just over and over. So that's why people like my show is different. And they're like, well, why do you always have other people on it? Because I like to have a conversation. I just don't like the I don't I don't like the idea of where it feels like I'm just the only one talking and I'm not. And so uh, I'm a journalist by trade. I like long form interviews is what I like to do. And so and I also like, again, for people to call in and challenge me, question me, ask me questions, whatever, because, again, you know, there, there could be a point of view that I hadn't thought about. I, I talked right. to uh, my, my, a guy, Michael Watson, that called him to the show yesterday, and he said, and he, he, I forgot what point of view that he gave me, but it was like, you know what, I hadn't thought of it like this before, and and it took somebody just to call out the blue and, and describe it. So I was like, damn, okay, they gave me a different point of view. So, again, I tell people, call in because, yep, you know, I mean, look, I used to be the person that would complain, and once I called in, I was like, okay, this shit's kind of easy, okay, it's kind of fun, and then People think like, man, you're the host. You know, they they put you on a pedestal. I'm like, man, dude, I'm the same guy that shit you and me, me and see me over at Gates. Come holler at me. I'm like, right. dude, I'm I'm really just that guy. I'm not, you know. I, even people say, oh, well, if you make a lot of money, if I, if I get rich, 
I'm still gonna be the same person because shit. I did. That's just. That's all I know. That's how my mom raised me. I can't. I'm not. The, I'm not someone who's gonna let money or fame or whatever change because it can be taken away just like exactly. That. So sure. I'm sorry, but to that point, no, yeah, that's I great, did, man. I just had to tell people, look, man. If I tell you to call in, the phone lines open, and, and I've told my board out. Always, I don't care if nobody calls in, but I want I want to have the option of people to call in if they choose to. I always give the number at the beginning of the show. Well, give give, it, give the number now. What's the number? Just oh, so they can shit. save it. Uh, I'll put them on the spot. My uh, bad. So on the ESPN <laughs> side, uh, to call in, it's 913-491-8255. That is the number to call in. Uh, the ESPN text line is 203-836-ESPN or 203-836-3776. On the 810 line, it is 913-3810-810. Nice. Okay, perfect. Ooh, write it down. Give my guy a call, man, because I, I watch his Shut Facebook lives all the time, and I'm telling you. You nailed it, though. You oh, yeah. nailed it. You, st- you stay. You stuck the landing. You stuck the landing. Well, you were cooking, so I figured that the grease was still hot. You know what I mean? So, All right, so Trevor, what's the, what's the L for the week, man? My, my, my L is going to ICE or ICE Entertainment. Uh, who is the the company that put on the Thursday night preseason football game between the Packers and the Raiders? Oh, um, uh, yeah. I don't know if you guys obviously you saw it, the, the whole debacle <laughs> with the, uh, the CFL field. Oh yeah, Winnipeg. Yeah, ended up playing 80, 80 yard football yeah. field um, because their their field goal posts were in the end zone, the world the end zone of where our typical field would be. So there's a and they couldn't cover it safely. They they tried putting turf over the. The metal holes there, or the holes that were where the, the the post would go, yeah. And they just they couldn't they couldn't um they couldn't get it filled to where it was safe enough. I mean, it's like they, they, they the last minute to, to get that done. That's what I'm saying. They can prepare for this. They knew this is gonna happen over a year in advance. And there's a reason because that okay, this company or the CFL hasn't hosted a international game with the NFL for since 2013 since 2013. Um, so this was kind of their shot, you know, to kind of like you know. Because obviously the NFL is trying to go, be abroad. We've obviously been and it keeps failing last, last decade. So I know, right? And it's it keeps never, failing. It's Mexico never, last year, right? It's never a good thing. It's always. I mean, it's, it's we've had some good games, but as far as this goes, it's preseason. You know, so this is obviously. I mean, if this is a primetime game. This would have been absolutely horrible. But this is a preseason game. You know, this is kind of a little shoe in, get your foot in the door, kind of work your way in as far as New Canada, eighty this yard is, field, Canada. eighty this is yard shot, field. Canada. Eighty. You know, yards. like this is. <laughs> And you can't even get the field right. So it was so bad to where LaFleur, the, the coach for the Green Bay Packers, had to sit three, 33 of his one players. Right. He was. This was the dress rehearsal. Right. You know, this is one that they were actually going to play Rodgers because Rodgers hasn't played all preseason. They were going to play Rodgers. They were going to play all their starters offensively and defensively for like the first half. <laughs> they couldn't even do that. So he had to sit 33 guys, and they still had three injuries. That's how bad this field was. And it's, it's just crazy, man. Like you – if I knew I was putting all this money into this, because this, this is an investment, this ICE, the ICE Entertainment has to pay up a ton of yeah. money just to, to host this game. Right. And pay for the travel and all that stuff for these teams. You know, so it's like all you that pay all that nothing, money, you man. pay all this, and you, you don't even know that those holes are in the in the middle of the freaking end zone <laughs> to make it a 100-yard field, to even make it, you know, official for the NFL to come play a game there. It's just – it's absolutely embarrassing. I'm embarrassed for them. It's like it, it, they – honestly, I think they blew their shot. I don't think there's another chance to be – uh, money talks if they're willing to you know fork it up who knows possibly but yeah, i mean look at mexico and yeah exactly they got their shot the next season that's true and yeah like with the whole mexico thing i guess the the nfl came down it's like hey you need to follow. get your shit together yeah, yeah. Uh, the stadium just went uh not just but about a month or 
two ago, it went under renovation mm-hmm. because of the NFL yeah. guidelines. Yep. So, like I said, it's been since 2013, so it might not be for another three or four years until they get their next shot. But if they get their next shot, do this shit right. Yep. I mean, yeah. that's all we hard. could ask. It's not hard. Keep, keep the holes out of the end zone. You know, put something in there to film for we get, so we can at least have a hard yard official field for the NFL to play a game there. It's not that hard, man. You hit. You had prep time. You have money. You paid us to come out there and to you know ex- expand our brand for you and bring. I think only like twenty two thousand people showed up. Right. You know, so it, it was bad all the way around. Embarrassing. So ICE Entertainment, Canadian Football League, Canada as a whole, right now, you all can go ahead and uh, hold, hold this L. L. Yeah. <clears throat> you guys like uh, superheroes, right? We all like superheroes, I think. Um, <laughs> hot John, takes, hot John, takes. Jon Snow just signed with uh, Marvel. I saw that. But I, I would say that it's safe that a lot of America is into superheroes. Well, the Los Angeles Lakers and their fans aren't. In particular, they don't like Superman. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately for them, Superman's back in town. By Superman, I mean Dwight Howard. Yeah. 33-year-old Dwight Howard Mr. has but, Mr. Got, gotten out. He's gotten out of his contract with the Grizzlies. They've agreed to allow him buyout. to buy out, and now he's going to be signing a non-guaranteed contract with the Los Angeles Lakers. It's him or Joe Kim Noah. Basically meaning that the Lakers can get out of the contract whenever they want. If he's being in any way, shape, or form, a distraction to the team, a poison, a, a locker room cancer, like he's been in almost Tomorrow. every single stop he's had in his career. He left in 2012. I think it was 2012 when he left the Lakers in the most. I mean, Kobe hated him. Kobe ripped his soul out of his ass. It's been that long. It's been seven years. Literally, yeah. he went to. The, I believe he went to the, the Hawks. Yeah, he went to the Hawks. He went to. The, he's been with the Wizards, the Hornets. He's been all over the league, man. It's, yeah, he's just he's been a yeah the Rockets. I mean, it's just been an absolute mess. Um, he, even when he left the Magic, he couldn't decide which one he wanted to go. Remember, he kept flip flopping. It was unreal. So Dwight's had a disaster, but nothing is is more upsetting for the Lakers because I think everybody knows that Lakers fans, especially this generation and the generation just before this generation, is madly obsessed with one Kobe Bean Bryant. And it's ironic because the the, the Lakers signed Dwight Howard, and wouldn't you know, it'd be on Kobe Bryant's forty first birthday. <laughs> so 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 I, I was sitting here thinking about this tonight as, I, as I'm putting the show together, and I'm like, who do I hand this L to? Is it Dwight Howard's career? Is it the Lakers, or is it Kobe Bryant? I couldn't make up my mind. I can't so, Dwight, landed in a good spot. But, but here's the thing: he has a nine non guaranteed contract. That's how bad. That's how far his career has gone. He's he even he, he told the, the Lakers that he hit rock bottom before they signed him to a right. two point six million dollar deal. Rock bottom, let's sign him. Two point six million dollar deal for a guy who just won MVP and three Defensive <laughs> Player of the Years award in his career. Dude's right. not even old yet. Yeah, I know. And he's fallen this far down. And this guy led his team to the finals. You can't name me a starting five in two thousand nine. They got walloped by the Lakers. The it's point just, is, it's just crazy that the, the downfall that he's experienced. It's amazing. It's he it's one of the best players in the league, maybe the best player at one moment. At one point, the best defensive player, a three-time defensive player of the year candidate. You know how many people have done three-time defensive player of the year? Dwight Howard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. He's, so he's a ridiculous player. Though. That's what I'm saying. This guy is he's gonna be he's gonna be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. There's no question whoa, about it. Oh, he's gonna make the Hall of Fame. He's gonna make. We we could talk about this on, a, on another episode. I'm telling you, Darren. Like I said, this Laker thing could be good for him. So he's he's gonna. He, but my point is this: is that I thought it was just so comical that on the birthday of the Mamba, the Black Mamba, 
They go and bring back the man that he hated the most. <laughs> so, so if I'm going to make a decision, I'm going to go ahead. That, that is irony. That is complete irony. So, so I'm going to go ahead and just decide. I'm going to give it to Kobe. So, Mr. Kobe Bean Bryant, Mr. 8 slash 24, can you go ahead and, for Dwight Howard's sake, hold oh, this L. Yeah. Kobe said, ow, ow. <laughs> Kobe said, soft. Yeah, running by him first, dude. Darren. Seriously, man, thank you so much for coming out here tonight, man. I know that you had a lot going on today. You drove all the way out here to the Kansas side. It means so much, dude. I, I hopefully, if you ever want to, you're more than welcome to be on the show. I would love to have you back on, man. Because you, you know, you right. You're gonna be busy. But if you ever have a Friday night, man, like I said, we we do these every week. If you ever have a night where you can come on, I can say I probably won't have a Friday unless the Chiefs have a home game. But yeah, but we'll, we'll, for sure. We'll make it. We'll happen. figure it out, I man. But in, in, in the meantime, as I said, it meant a lot that you came out tonight. I know that the the listeners are going to really appreciate it, and I uh, can't thank you enough, man. So definitely, guys, follow Darren. Can you give him the Twitter handle and your Facebook one more time? Yeah, uh, it's uh, at the ship on eight ten WHB. There you go. So follow him, guys. He's got great content. He has great shows. And like I said, he wants you involved in his show. That's the thing. He doesn't want to talk at you. He wants to have a conversation with you. That's very rare to find in radio and and sports talk. So definitely attach yourself to Darren Smith, guys. He is the future of Kansas City Sports Radio. So in that, for Eddie Ortiz, for Darren Smith, for Trevor Twidwell, I am Lance Twidwell in the KC Beard Co. Studios. Episode 26 is a wrap. Until next week, we out of this bitch. See ya. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned in to the spoke. I might actually stick I might actually stick around for a little bit.